Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling Out the Green here on AM860, The Answer in Portland, the Golf News Network, KSEY, KO, what's the other one in Tulsa? I can't remember, but there's several of them now. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us today. This is the show where uh, we talk about uh, golf and the interesting people in the world of golf. And as I like to say, the characters and curmudgeons and carefree souls, that's kind of your host, uh, that make this game and the folks around it worth talking to. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and also John Breaker and his crew back at Birdie Ball. Birdie Ball being the uh, most innovative golf training aid. Uh, developed in the last uh, 25 years. That's birdieball.com. Well, uh, Laura Tennant has not been on the show for a couple, three years due to COVID and travel schedules, mainly hers. But we finally kind of corralled her today. If you don't know who Laura is, um, on my notes here, I've got two pages of all the titles she's won. So I'm, I don't know if I, I'll read a few of them. She was a U.S. Senior Amateur Champion, 2018-1921, U.S. Senior Amateur Mid-Co Medalist in 17 and 21, British Senior Open Women's Amateur Champion in 19. Uh, and the list goes on and on for there. She also sits on the board of directors for the OGA. Now you get to talk, Laura. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. You've been a very busy lady since the last time I've seen you. Oh, I it's been crazy busy, but, yeah. but all good. All good. I've been traveling basically all over the world playing in golf tournaments. And my husband and I, Bob, we're really enjoying it. It's been good. a lot of fun. Good for you. Uh, I want to take our listeners back a little bit, uh, Laura, in that. I was doing my homework for the show. You didn't particularly think golf was your game when you started. No, I, I, I did not. I, uh, basically the story that I tell, which is the honest to God truth is my two older siblings, Renee and George, uh, they loved golf and I either had a choice in the summer to go to the golf course with them or stay at home with my baby sisters. And it was a lot <laughs> more fun to hang out with the older siblings. So I'd go out to the golf course and maybe putt and chip and ask when we're going home, but they were so obsessed with golf that uh, I kept practicing and it's amazing how when you get pretty good at something, you, uh, you start to like it a little bit more. Yeah. When did that, when did you finally sort of make the turn as we might say? 
I would say when I was 14, yeah. I started playing competitively and, and doing well. And um, then I, again, kind of followed my siblings and played collegiate golf. And, and as you know, I, I took kind of a lot of breaks while we were raising our, my husband, Bob and I were raising our five kids. Um, and then the fun thing was when I took it back up at 50, I, it became a passion for me. Unlike any time before. Yeah. That's a, that's a, an amazing story. And also the amazing story of, like you just said, you raised your children and then you said, Oh, I think I'll go pick up some sticks and do it again. You didn't, you didn't use the sticks you used in college. Did you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and, and, and just to clarify, I did play competitive golf while I was raising our children, but there's a huge difference between saying, Oh, I think I'll go play in the Oregon am and practice the week before mm -hmm. and go play in the tournament versus, Oh, I think I'll, commit myself to golf and, and really start practicing and really start focusing on, you know, how I can get better. Um, so, you know, whereas before I kind of just put a bandaid on and go out and, and I did pretty well over those years. Um, but it was, it's now fun to have the time and also the, um, just the passion to want to get better at something. Is your dad still caddying for you? He does. He caddies for me. He most, especially in the senior women's amateurs. Yeah. Uh, he, he loves to caddy, loves to watch. If he's not caddying, he'll, he'll come watch the big tournaments like the senior women's open and that type of tournament. So after all this time, do you get nervous? Oh yes. Yes. If you don't get nervous, you, you shouldn't even show up Yeah. because then it, then it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> uh, so do I get nervous to, you know, I don't know, play a round of golf against a friend? No. But do I get nervous when I'm on the first tee of the, you know, senior women's open or the amateur or the mid-am or whatever? Uh, yes, absolutely. It's, it's a good nervous though. It's a nervous that uh, you can convert to concentration, convert to um, doing, doing well you know, making it, making it a good nervous is a good thing. You're going to have to show me someday how you convert that nervous energy into doing something, because as Steve will tell you, my first tee shots are usually right, you know, 12 feet in the rough, whatever, you know, I I've never been able to manage that back when I showed horses, I got nervous till we hit the gate. And once we went in the arena, everything went away and just focused on what I was supposed to be doing. But don't you think that's why you could focus is because you were nervous? Probably. Yeah, it, I think it, it's a tricky, tricky balance, but it, it is. It is. But as soon as I hit that gate, I was just focused on the next, you know, however long the class took to complete that and do the best with whatever horse I was showing, do the best with that. But I, I do remember those butterflies, so to speak, before, you know, while we were warming up. Um, and I, I've never forgotten it, but I still can't do it in golf for some reason. I can't, can I, Steve? <laughs> well, you, you can hit it pretty well once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. What, um, what do your kids think of all your exploits, Laura? That's a good question. First of all, they are very proud. I know they're very proud, but 
you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm their mom and it's, you know, they call me, Hey mom, good job. But Hey, could you, uh, could you do this? Could you do that? You know, <laughs> that type of thing. So, uh, they are very proud. Um, you know, I've, I've received a, a bit more attention than I ever, ever expected. And I think, um, that's, they, they kind of laugh at that to be honest, they, they just think it's fun. And, um, they, they're, they're very proud, but they're also, um, I don't know. They, they keep me grounded. Let's just say that. Do they and, torment you once in a while? No, nice, nicely. I mean, no, they really don't. They just sort of roll their eyes and like, Oh, really mom, you had to win again or something <laughs> like that, you know, just, just comments like that. But, um, all in all, they are so supportive and such great people. And I, I wouldn't play golf if, if my husband and my kids didn't support me so much. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and they all have caddied for me, basically all of them caddy for me in big tournaments. And so they've been part of the process. Do you treat your caddy better than some of the pros do on tour? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're caddying for free. So I have to, (laughs) Got it. I want to, you know, a caddy is, is, um, it, that's a unique relationship, especially when you're on the golf course. And that's why I've really enjoyed my husband and our children caddying for me, especially in big time tournaments, because they get to see that other side of me, you know, at home, once again, I'm just mom cooking dinner, you know, Mm -hmm. folding some laundry, et cetera, et cetera. But they see me on the course and they see a different person and they're inside the ropes and they see a different person. And I'm definitely a different person inside the ropes when I'm playing in a golf tournament. Oh yeah. I can imagine. I mean, I really can because it's, uh, you're just focused and you're probably, I mean, like you said, you may be focused on, you know, cooking dinner, but you're also conversing and, and, you know, whatever back. I don't think you probably talk too much on the course. Do you? Well, you know, I, I actually am pretty much, uh, I, I focus, but in between shots, I, I have the ability to talk and I do like to get to know the people I'm playing with because at the end of the day, golf is about relationships. It's really not sure. about trophies. It's about relationships. So I love getting to know, you know, new people that I'm playing with. So I do talk, but I don't think I talk too much. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of me talking too much, we're going to take a break here on grilling at the screen. We're going to be back with Ms. Laura Tennant, who let's just say she's won a bunch. Okay. But we'll be right back. Hi everybody. It's JT. And this is a special version of grilling at the green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on Golf News Network uh, and AM860 in Portland, KSEY in Texas and KO, I think it's KOTV. I'm not sure. Uh, I have to look that up. Anyway, uh, with, again, we'd like to thank the folks at Birdie Ball. And we are on Facebook and Twitter and all those. So you can feel free to follow us on there. And uh, we will respond if you actually send us a note. We do that all the time. We're talking with Laura Tennant today. Did you ever think that you would get this far in golf, Laura? I mean, it, you've got an incredible record. 
you know, this is, well, you are in the Pacific Northwest Hall of Fame. So um, that's a pretty cool thing. But I mean, I would, I know some pros that would give their left arm to have this type of record. No, I, I never, I never imagined getting this far, but um, I think, I don't know if anybody ever does. I, you know, yeah. you just, you just kind of go tournament to tournament and shot by shot, honestly. So it, it's one of those things where um, it, it is, it is surprising to me. Well, sure. yeah, it, it, I'm sure it is, but it's an incredible record. Do you, do you think that amateur golf gets enough coverage from yahoos like me and Steve uh, in the media? Compared to what amateur golf got in terms of coverage when I was growing up? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. But I do think there are, um, there are certain like avenues like golf magazines that do try oh. to cover amateur golf and people like you that, that definitely do. But no, in general, I don't think locally uh, amateur golf is covered very well and um, even nationally. But I wish I wish it was because there's so many people who are so interested in so many people that I hear from when I am playing in my national tournaments who are watching online. Mm-hmm. And, and that is so much fun to hear that somebody I haven't talked to or seen for two years is, you know, basically watching me play my match, you know? And, and so, um, if you're able to find the tournaments, I think people are very interested, but I, I do wish that there was better local coverage and national coverage. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a member of OGA just like all of us here. And I only live three blocks from the course, but sometimes I don't even know when they're when they're having qualifiers and what have you. It's not OGA's fault. I know they if I actually read the email they sent me, I would know that. But I don't see anything about it in our local uh, newspapers or radio and TV sans this show. Uh, I think I kind of think that's doing a disservice to the game. And I understand why those guys don't like to come down and cover it because it's not. It's not as exciting as Tiger Woods, if you will, but uh, we've still got some great golfers, especially in the area where we live. We've got some very good golfers here, like yourself. That uh, well, you're probably on the very top of the heap there, but you know what I mean. They're, there's just a lot of really good activity, and they nobody knows about it. Oh, we have a lot of great golfers. Chrissy Carmen winning the U.S. Mid Am. That is such a great story uh, this year. Um, and just in the Northwest, we've produced a lot of really good golfers. Why is that, do you think? I think the, I think honestly, I'm going to give the OGA a big pat on the back. Our sure. junior golf program is by far one of the best in the country. It's reasonably priced. Uh, the kids can stay busy, not only all summer long, but we have a winter series where they can play, you know, throughout the winter here and there. Uh, so I just think there's a lot of opportunity for kids to play. Um, and again, it's cost effective for for um, for parents um, because we do try to keep the entry fees as low as possible. So anybody can play and participate. So um, I so I give that program just 
just mm-hmm. a big pat on the back. I think. Yeah, I, I'm going to interject here. Actually, both of my children went through the OGA Junior, you know, summer uh, events. And, and what I loved about it was that you could pick and choose. You didn't have to play in every event. You could say, OK, there's one in Central Oregon. We'll do that in June. And maybe we'll do one in Portland in late July. So you could pick and choose and give them that opportunity to, you know, have the competition because it's a lot different than playing with mom or dad or uncle or grandfather. So sure. The competitive is is really that little piece really helps the kids learn how to play a, a competitive round with the rules and you know playing golf as it was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. our our purpose is to you know not only have kids learn how to play golf but also just learn the etiquette and and golf mm-hmm. represents life. So if if you know how to behave on a golf course, you're going to know how to behave in life. Right. Um at least I think so. Uh <laughs> but <laughs> somebody might not agree with that. But you know, uh it's it's uh, not only a great program but also it's one that has um allowed people to, you know, go to the next levels too. And um so it's it's a fabulous program. I would definitely encourage people. Kids like to do things with other kids. Yes, it's fun to go play golf with your children. And I highly, highly encourage that. But, you know, kids love to play team sports and they want to be with their friends at a certain age. So if you can get them out playing in OGA events and meeting kids and making new friends, they're going to want to keep playing golf. Did you have the similar opportunities? I mean, I obviously we've expanded these programs, but kind of parallel what it was like when you started uh, oh, versus today. Definitely. Yeah, there's more tournaments now, probably covers more of the state. But no, we had lots of tournaments to play in. Many of the same tournaments that are on the schedule today were on the schedule when I was playing. So, uh, you know, lots of opportunity. Excuse me, I'd take a drink of water. Well, that's that's kind of interesting because I remember growing up, of course, I grew up in a very rural area and, you know, that we had a little nine hole course wasn't too far from us. Uh, they had some kids tournaments every once in a while, but it was always a bit, I don't know, if you will, disorganized. Uh, it It never led to anything. I mean, we never heard that if you played in one of those and if you did well, then you could move on to do something else. I mean, uh, that's obviously changed now, but of course I grew up like Steve did, you know, 200 years ago. So we were still hitting feathery balls and stuff, you know, (laughs) it's just kind of crazy. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Laura Tennant and Steve DePaula here on Grilling at the Green. Please stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here in Portland on AM860, The Answer. Uh, the Golf News Network. By the way, on on GNN Golf News Network, we now have a dedicated channel on the iHeart uh, apps 
for it's the golf news network channel. And this is one of the shows that's on that rotation through there. So uh, even though we're on all these platforms, if you're cruising down the road and you listen to iHeart a lot, you can listen to this show or kind of like a dozen other shows 24 seven that's on iHeart. Also, we'd like to thank the folks at painted Hills, natural beef, beef the way nature intended. And I can swear by that. It's good stuff. We're talking with Laura Tennant today. Um, if there was one thing you could change, Laura, in amateur golf, is there, well, let me rephrase that. Is there anything you would change in competitive amateur golf? I think the only thing I would change in competitive amateur golf would be the cost. I think that restricts a lot of people from being able to, to play in tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's a tough thing to do because, you know, traveling is expensive Yes, and you know, that's all, that's not the golf tournament's fault, but um, yeah, that, that, that's really the only thing I think. I think most amateur tournaments are really well run. I think they're all the tournaments I play in are competitive, great people who organize the tournaments, volunteer for the tournaments and play in the tournaments. So they're super fun, but um, it, it's, it is definitely an expensive hobby. If you don't mind my asking how much, I mean, uh, horse shows had uh, entry fees, golf tournaments have entry fees. So what is something like the British senior women's open entry fee roughly? Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't recall it's the entry fees are not that expensive, probably between 100 and $200. I would say, yeah, I, I, I don't exact, I don't remember exactly how much they cost USGA events. Basically you pay for your qualifying round. So let's say that's $150 per se. I can't remember 180 in that range. So then if you actually qualify for the tournament, you don't pay any additional money to, play in the event so you have all these people let's say there's 50 people trying to qualify for three spots those 50 people pay that 150 dollars sure and then the three people can go on and and play well that helps offset the cost of the tournaments and stuff too because yeah Yeah. golf tournaments are notorious for not making money so you know in a lot of respects like that um we talked about your dad earlier. Your dad has been a big proponent of yours. Uh, was he your first teacher, so to speak? Definitely. Definitely. I, I caddied for my dad growing up. Mm-hmm. So that's how he taught all of us. We all caddied for him in different tournaments. And we just learned uh, kind of innately from him as well as my dad, you know, likes to talk when he's out on the golf course. And so he, he just kind of just taught us different things about golf, like the lies, how putts break, et cetera, et cetera. So we, we learned by, by watching, um, and just listening to him. Was he a, a strict teacher? Was he a good teacher? What did he laugh? Joke? Oh, he, was he was a great teacher. Great. Okay. teacher. He, uh, you know, he was a professor at one point of accounting. And so he, he my dad is very patient and um, he was a great teacher, but he was also wise enough where he didn't really help us with our golf swings. He, he got us to um, very good 
golf professionals to help us with our golf swings. He's a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> I know that from experience, trying to teach a child, it doesn't matter whether it's golf or horses or volleyball. Yeah. You get them started and then hand them off to somebody because they'll, there's that parent child thing going on there. That's the most abstract, but best way I can think I can describe that. And we've all gone through that. Um, what do you think your best round ever was in any of these tournaments? And it, maybe it's not even reflected on the score, but it was the best round that, that Laura thought was the best. Well, I'd have to say when I, uh, probably when I won my first senior women's amateur at Orchid Island, mm -hmm. the final round, uh, first of all, just the pressure of being in the finals. And, you know, obviously I'd never been in that situation before. And I remember I went out and of course I was, I was nervous, like we talked about, but not, not the icky nervous, but just yeah. you know, good nerves. And I birdied the first hole and, um, I just, I, I was surprised. I mean, you don't know if you're going to go out and triple bogey the first hole when it's, when, you know, a national championship is on the line. So uh, I'd say that was probably one of my best rounds ever. I, I played very well throughout the entire round and I, I held it together and I don't even know what I shot, but, but end of the day, I won three and two on, I went on the 16th hole and, and uh, when, when you win one, it's a lot easier to win the others. Oh, yeah. But did you or when you let's put it in that uh, mold, you get a decent tee shot, you get on the green, you birdie the first hole. Is there kind of a like a, a a moment there where you say, OK, let's go. The nerves are gone. You You kind of centered yourself, if you will, and you can take off from there. Yeah. Yes. I'm like what you said about horses. I'm, I'm pretty good. And I think this is what, how I can control my, my nervousness is I really only think of one shot at a time. And that is, that is the key to being a good competitive golfer is you're not worried about what you did the shot before. And you're not worried about two shots ahead. You're just focused only on what you can do with the shot you have at that moment. And when I'm in that mode, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty good. That's interesting because a lot of times we see golfers, uh, pros and amateurs that if they, you know, mess up a shot, if they double bogey a hole or whatever, sometimes that carries with them or they're carrying it on their back for a hole or two, sometimes the whole round. And then you've got people like yourself that you were just describing, but some of the pros too, like, you know, we saw Tiger Woods do that for years. He could screw up a hole and it was gone out of his head. You know, the, the focus became even more laser like, I think is a good way to describe it. You know, um, how easy was that for you? I know you just talked about it, but that's, that's kind of a big deal for people in golf because they tend to, maybe they tend to hold on to things, if you will. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's well, hard to shake it out of your brain. It's a cliche, but one shot at, at a time, that yeah. is, that is the key to playing good, good golf. And it, but it's hard to teach people that until you've kind of lived it, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, um, when you, when you hit just one shot at a time, you sort of get into a zone and people talk about getting into the zone, but that's essentially how you get into a zone is by only focusing on that one shot at hand. And it's, it's hard to do, and you have to figure out how to do it in your own brain because everybody does it a little different way, but that's essentially what Tiger Woods has done so well. I mean, he gets himself in a zone and the way he gets himself in the zone is by only thinking about the present. Uh, I've been in the zone too, but it was usually a guy with a lights on the top of his car pulling me over saying you were in that zone but you were too fast in that zone and i have to say yes sir wait you were right sir (laughs) i know that's never happened to steve but uh it Uh, certainly happened to me like that um do outside sources uh ever affect your play i don't mean like wind and rain because that's kind of everything but distractions of like the guy sitting in the middle screen here, a photographer like that. Do they ever like you, you know, you go through your pre-shot routine, you're ready to hit. And then somebody pops up taking pictures and you have to start over. Sure. Not, Steve's not guilty of that. I've never seen him do that. Never, never. No. Steve. <laughs> but, you know, uh, of course, of course that can happen. Mm-hmm. It's always a, a matter of, you know, if I'm, truly concentrating things should not bother me if i'm if i'm not fully concentrating and something bothers me i have no problem saying to someone hey steve you know can you click after i swing which he always does anyway but um and then starting over uh laura's going to stick with us she's going to be around for after hours too for a few minutes and bruce Furman will be right out of the box when we come back here on grilling at the green Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. We're very fortunate to have uh, Laura Tennant with us today, but before we continue our discussion with Laura, here is Bruce Furman with his golf tip of the week. Okay, this is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms. I'm going to give you a tip to how to put spin on your ball. You see the pros a lot of times, and the ball will spin back, sometimes way too much. And a lot of times, amateurs can't do that very well. And there's a number of things that it, it takes to be able to put spin on the ball. First, the course factors have to be in your favor. You have to have softer greens because of watering or rain. The green needs to be banked more into you. You need to be have the wind either negligible or into you, not downwind. And then what kind of ball are you using? Um, there's different types of balls that some um, uh, spin a lot more than others. Some are harder, more for distance. Those are de- definitely harder to spin. And then there's some club factors, um, particularly with your wedges. Are your wedges more on the new side where you have good grooves or are they worn down if those if those grooves are worn down, it's a lot harder to, to spin the ball. So one thing also that you have to do is to hit, hit center contact, make, hit the ball right in the sweet spot. And if you do that with some uh, club head speed, that helps you hit backspin. The angle of attack, as we call it, must be the, the correct 
angle. So you have to hit down on the ball, hitting the ball first. If you hit the turf a little bit first, you're not going to get much spin. You can certainly hit too much down on the ball, uh, so that can be a problem. And if you hit too much down, that'll hit high on the club and it won't have too much spin. But we do want to have a we call it a downward angle of attack where we hit the ball first. And so that means your weight has to be on your front leg. The handle has to be forward of the club head and you're, you're going to catch it right in the middle of the club face on a, on a slightly descending blow. And if you do that, that'll create spin and that'll stop the ball. I hope that helps. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. If you'd like to find out more about Bruce and his uh, instruction, go to Langdon Farms. Uh, click on the instruction icon on the top bar there. Little drop down menu. There's a smiling picture of him. Talks about his uh, schedule, rates, times, how to contact him, and uh, private lessons. He does, uh, you know, go out and give some lessons at other places on occasion. So it's always good. Now let's get back and talking with Laura Tennant here. Is there one thing in um, these really top tier championships, Laura, that you haven't won that you want to win or one you want to go back and win again? Like next time you go to the British senior open, I'll caddy for you. Oh, I love that. I, I played in that last year and I was runner up. Okay. And I, um, that's probably my only tournament last year that I was kind of upset with how I finished. And I know second place silver is, is really good. I mean, but um, I went over to Royal Dornock and I was never in the lead. Uh, but, and the weather was just atrocious for three days. And, and I'm, I'm talking, you put your head down and you really didn't ever look up because of the wind and the rain. And um, it was really tough conditions. And I did my best. Um, I did really see what it's like to get the worst tea times. You know, when you watch the, the British Open mm -hmm. and the people in the morning, it's sunny in the afternoon, it's windy and rainy. Well, I was the windy and rainy group every day compared <laughs> to everybody else. So I, I, I not to, you know, say, oh, I know. oh but but that's the honest to God truth. So, um, I lost by, I finished second lost, I think by two strokes. Um, and boy, I can think of a lot of strokes I could get back. And you, you don't, I don't usually like to think of golf tournaments that way because, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a score and you gotta, you know, accept what you did, but I'd like to go back and win that again, but I'd also like to win another senior am. So how about those two? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, I can interject a little bit about Royal Dornick. I played that a few years ago myself. Not as bad a conditions as it sounds like you had, but what a beautiful place that is. And I don't know if it's accurate, but someone told me it's the same latitude as Juneau, Alaska. So that shows you how far north it actually is. We don't realize that, you know, that that parts of Scotland are very, very high up on the globe, so to speak. So you can get some pretty nasty weather up there sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 the first few days, it was beautiful. Our practice right. rounds and our first day of competition. And then at, at one point on the second day of our competition, they called us off the course because of the wind. The, oh, wow. the, all the golf balls were blowing off the greens on their own, you know, that type of thing. So, um, but it is a beautiful area. I highly it recommend is. anybody 
to visit the Highlands of Scotland. It's unbelievable how pretty it is. We got to get out of here. I want to thank Laura Tennant for, for joining us today. And my good friend and partner, Steve DePaula, uh, has been with us today. And we will be back next week with a uh, another edition of Grilling at the Green. Until then, uh, go play some golf and be kind. Good times and tomorrow's going to be better. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, all rights reserved. And remember, the key to lower scores, a pencil with an eraser. See you next week.